inevitable. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. I'm totally Batman. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> Shh. Communing with your spirits. Welcome to California, bud. Kawabunga. The world of magic. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secondary Heroes podcast. It's episode 99, and we're talking all about Tenet. Again, 9-9, it's a palindrome, just like the title of the movie. This is your host, Trevor, and joining me as usual is... Hey, guys, this is Prague. Hello, this is DeLorean Wolfgang. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know what you just said right there, but okay. That was we very live in a world full of vampires and Oh, Batmans. that's what you said. Okay. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, dude. Vampires, so, I get yeah, it. Yeah, we're talking Tenet this evening. Uh, so... Where do we even start with something as wild as this? Well, at the end, of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So we just start with the spoilers. We're just going to spoil it right now. Sorry. (laughs) No spoiler warning this week. So at the end, everyone dies. What? No, just kidding. Joking. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. I didn't watch the movie. (laughs) It's not much of a spoiler. Preparation. Preparation H. Yes. Maybe you'll watch it by the end of the episode. Oh my god! <laughs> Inception, baby. True. So, if Could you're happen. not familiar at home of what Tenet is, it's Christopher Nolan's latest film, and it came out during the pandemic. They pretty much released it in theaters last July, and they're like, "Whatever." And so now it's on HBO Max. So if you didn't want to go to the theaters last July or anything like that, you can just watch it from the comfort of your home, whether you're vaccinated or not. You can just put on HBO Max. So. That's what we did, and now we get to talk about it to everyone. <laughs> now, yep. didn't Christopher Nolan have, like, a... He, he, like, was pissed that he didn't want it to go to streaming services? He wanted this yes. to go straight to theaters. Didn't matter if of there course. was a worldwide pandemic or not. Of course. Yeah, he's a, pur- he's a cinema purist. He's somebody who really fights for, you know, the accurate representation of the medium. So, he fought really hard, and he got what he wanted, but probably lost a lot of money because I'm, of it. Li- I'm imagining the gif of the little girl on the floor kicking and <laughs> it is, I mean I, I understand where he's coming from because I I mean I, I like cinema and I do like the big screen but I wasn't going to go out unvaccinated into a crowded movie theater if there was one so I don't know yeah. I mean he should have read the room and be yeah. like you know what this time I, I get it people aren't going to go to a theater charge them at home or something a little bit extra he didn't want to oh. do that. Well, I tell you what, man, after I so I may not have watched the movie, but I did do a little bit of research and I listened to podcasts and stuff. And it seems everybody came to San Diego to watch that movie because I oh. guess there was like two movie theaters in like all of California that were open for tenant and they were both mm-hmm. in San Diego. And I'm like, no, stay out of my town. <laughs> no, get out of here. <laughs> keep keep your covid self in your own town. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, fans of his that are pretty rabid. And I think that a lot of them are purists like him. And yeah, I'm sure they sought out whatever theater they could find closest to them and trekked to it. Scorsese well, is one of, of them. My takeaway from this movie is I'm watching it and I'm like, this is actually rare 
where everything isn't CGI or they're green ske- greening and they actually go to locations to film. And you can tell mm-hmm. instantly that they're actually on location in these beautiful places of capturing these amazing shots because he's a purist and he also cares about camera work. And yep. it's so sad that it's rare to go to the theaters and see something as simple as on location filming or not CGI explosions and stuff and just actually do practical effects. You're like, this movie stands out for the most basic movie production. <laughs> I know, see, it's about as basic as you get. <laughs> Why doesn't anyone else get this? It, it boggles my mind, honestly. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. And that was one of the things that I was looking at in the, uh, on like the YouTube uh, videos that I watched is, yeah, the explosions look fantastic. I mean, I I really I was looking at them and I'm going, man, they really put some time and detail into the uh, CGI on this, and then finding out no, it wasn't. It, no. That's incredible to me. Yeah, no, he uh, he's committed to the craft and it's appreciated. Sometimes almost too much, like it's kind of obsessive. I think mm-hmm. in his films, like his films always run way too long. Like no matter how much I love his movies, and I do, they're always like about forty five minutes too long. Um, which now, is was, fine. Was was this movie one of those situations? Oh yeah, I, I would say that there's probably a good half an hour to forty five minutes he could have trimmed down in parts, and especially during the first half, because the second half is just, in my opinion, is great. I really enjoy the second half more than the first half. But that's also because I didn't quite understand what was happening, um, <laughs> as much because <laughs> it's a very confusing movie. Consensus with people, so like, I think it was just bloated, like. Gone. Like the, the, the moments where he really shines are those moments, those location moments, those action scenes, the explosions, the, you know, the timey wimey stuff he does with the backward inversion techniques like those scenes are just really mesmerizing and uh, fantastic and well done. But then you have like all these like long drawn out, like dramatic scenes that don't really do much. Um, they kind of give you the plot details, but like then they just linger for a while. And it's kind of like, well, if he would trimmed that more, this would have been a really solid like action movie. And it wasn't. It was kind of like half action, half like slow drama. So, so do we want to do spoiler free review? <laughs> I guess that was my spoiler free review. Okay. A great movie that was uh, just kind of bloated. That's all. Yeah, for me, I, I found that, like I said, you take some things for granted. It's nice to see, but mm-hmm. just the idea that it was tense throughout a lot. Like I understand it's a kind of high concept idea, but at the very basic, it's a heist movie. And Christopher Nolan, he's mm. done like, I'm going to do this style of movie. I'm going to do a space movie. Then I'm going to do a war movie. And then I'm going to do a superhero movie. So this was his heist movie. And he does that extremely well. To Prague's point, the ability to have something play simultaneously where he's rewinding time of an explosion, but everyone's running forward. And to overlay those two film royals on top of each other, that's impressive camera work. And that's just awesome to witness. And then there's just these sequences where people like the sound mixing and editing is absolutely the worst possible thing. Like I read an article like, back uh, last well, July like, and Christopher Nolan's like, Oh, if you can't hear it, that's by design. Okay. No, that that's terrible design. <laughs> there's yeah. just so many sequences where there's a lot to unpack and you have no idea what they said. I rewinded it. I think I need to rewatch this movie with subtitles <clears> on. Like I'm watching dark at this point. Like, the boat scene, <clears throat> like, um, it's like, uh, like you have the water, the noise of the boat, and they're yelling in a calm. And you're like, <laughs> well, I have no idea what I mean, you're part saying. Part of it is like, I understand 
it's because we have this whole inverted time sequence mm. and time messes with audio distortion and all that. I, I get that. But from but not in all those scenes, a technical that aspect, that's neat. From a consumer sitting on my couch, it's not an enjoyable experience. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> That's a and good then, point. There there's a lot so of like, sequences where they come up with like new terms because they have to explain what's going on. And then they'll say something to John David Washington and he's like, oh, you mean this? And he'll talk for like a minute straight explaining the term that the audience doesn't know just to handhold the audience through. Like Christopher Nolan doesn't usually do that. But for some reason, he had to be very handholding because the concept like I get the idea of the movie. Okay, there's little intricacies I miss, but the core concept isn't super over my head or anything. Right. Not no, it's really. a fair that point. Was, that was my only that... drawback. The action sequences are absolutely amazing. All the camera work and everything is outstanding, but the sound just drags it down. And then the dialogue, it has really good tight sequences where it's rapid back and forth. And then there's these long, drawn-out explanation long, sequences. Yes. Yeah, and that's what he could have trimmed. He's like, we didn't, we didn't need that. You can show, don't tell. You know, yeah, you're good enough for the director. Nolan usually leaves ambiguity, and he did not right. at all. In the, there's no. I was. Str- like, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm like, oh, this is it. They're not going to tell us they live or die. <laughs> oh no, they did. They told us everything. That was weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. That's fine. All right. <laughs> Maybe that was the twist. I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it seems like there's some cool things visually. And, and yeah. here's the thing, like, I, I, I'm reminding the audience here. I'm going to handhold our own audience. I didn't watch the movie. Um, right. So, <laughs> but, I mean, from what I saw in the bits and clips on YouTube, it's visually beautiful. I didn't get the whole audio thing, obviously. I, I yeah, couldn't get that. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. And maybe... Okay. You guys will talk me into actually sitting down for the next two and a half hours to uh, watch it. It, it is, is two a and time a- investment. Yeah. It is a time it is investment. A time investment. And when you've yeah. got an eight month old, it's kind of tough. <laughs> I true. thought that I could make it. Anyways, we're not going to get into that. What we are going to get into is our socials. So make sure to go over to uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, what am I? Twitter. Twitter's kind of our main main one. <laughs> Go over to all the social media channels. Like, subscribe. This is all at Secondary Heroes. And since you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to s- smash that subscribe button. I tell you what, if another YouTuber tells me to smash a button, I'm just going to delete the person. I don't want to be told to smash anything anymore. So just tickle ch- it. Tickle it. Give it a little tickle, tickle. Uh, yeah, so hit that subscribe. Go over to iTunes and rate and review our podcast because that actually gives more eyes and ears on our podcast because, hey, we we want to be heard and seen. And maybe even a thumbs up because those thumbs downs, they hurt our feelings sometimes. That We know mm-hmm. when they're needed. Anyways, what, am I missing anything, boys? Cross the streams media. Oh! That's right. You can do just about everything that I said all at crossthestreamsmedia.com. Or is it .net? No, it's a .com. Pretty sure. They they sprung for the big bucks on this one. They went with .com. Uh, so, and you can check them out over on Twitter at CTS Media. 
And yeah, you get to see some of the other following, what it would, not following, you get to see some of the other uh, podcasts that are along the lines of uh, Dorksmen, the Four Dorksmen. Uh, who else is there? There's the Burt Reynolds, there's the Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> that, yes. Three absolutely. beers and a mic. Three beers and a mic. That's the right. movie we gap. Had, we had Dwayne recently on our podcast, uh, which I thought was a pretty good show. Uh, yeah. So yeah, check all those guys out. Make sure you like and subscribe to all them too. Cool. I think that's it. Uh, all this is free for you and priceless to us. And now the, the reason <laughs> now the, the stuff that isn't free <laughs> socials is because we're leading up to episode 100. That's Ooh. actually next week. If you can keep track, this is episode 99. So next Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, live on Twitch.tv/SecondaryHeroes, we're going to have episode 100, super spectacular where we're going to have fun, prizes, giveaways, memories, special guests, all kinds of stuff. We're even going to launch some new merch. I don't know what that could be. So stay tuned and join us. Ooh. Whoa, spoiler. what are you doing? <laughs> Hopefully YouTube video peeps get to see that fun. <laughs> you might want to... Hold on. Can I we just flash the camera. Time and make sure that that didn't happen? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Please true. Frame it. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> It might pay off like down it. the road like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Woo! All right, okay, boys. So, I think it's time to get into this. Yeah, 10 10. Tenet. And so, <laughs> ten, ten, before we get too far with Tenet, if you've been listening to our show, whether it's Mandalorian or WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Justice League or all these different things we've done, we kind of go minute by minute breakdown. But we're going to change that. So now we're just going to focus on highlights, lowlights, and kind of randomly go through the whole movie and just like we'll the movie see where itself. we end up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because seriously, the minute by minutes, it, you guys already said there's a lot of long, drawn-out dialogue stuff. Let's cut it. Let's cut it. We're cutting for time, baby. That's what we're doing. Right. And so my big takeaway for this movie is probably that Robert Pattinson is in it. And they have the fun catch line that we live in a twilight world. Which ties distinctly to him. And then <sighs> Rob Pattinson's also going to be Batman, which Christopher Nolan made a wide name for himself with the Dark Knight. And then they have that whole sequence where they go to, uh, I don't know what city it is in this, but it looks just like the Hong Kong sequence from Dark Knight. It's the same uh, angles they shoot does. everything at. There's, so <laughs> Tenet has a lot of shout outs to past Christopher Nolan films. Oh, the way they and, shoot things, the way they go everywhere. Yeah. And my cocaine. He, uh, He's in it too, and it wasn't he the he was in Batman as well. Exactly. Right. Oh my Michael god. Kane. Kenneth Branagh is in it. He's pretty big in Tenet, and he's in Dunkirk. Oh jeez. So well, there you go. Let's just mm, wrap. It's all inceptioned. Everything oh my inceptioned. god. What if all of this is Christopher Nolan's own very own inception? <laughs> Could be. It would make sense. He's making a universe. Yeah, it would. I see what you're doing. It does. It's a well, they actually do that in the movie. Yeah, it's a tenant logo. <laughs> they do this several times when they cross the fingers. They really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to not talk in this episode. <laughs> no, it's fun. I like this. This is this is good. Um, I will say before we really dive too deep into it, like um, I wouldn't say this is like going to be my favorite uh, Nolan film, but I did enjoy it. And I really did enjoy the second half more than the first half. I just want to let that be known. So I do think it's worth watching, um, but don't expect it to be like one of his finest pieces, if that makes sense. You're selling me, baby. Come on, hit me harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I wonder what you, you know? think his finest piece is. I don't know. I I would probably. Do you mind I if I would say Inception. Okay, yeah, go sure. Ahead, no, no, I would no. say Inception. Just that might be a personal bias though, because I like dream and architecture stuff. So that's my kind of my go-to, and I really enjoyed how he did that. Especially the dream within a dream within a dream concept was really well done. So uh, that would probably be my pick. And that's something that I'm noticing a lot with uh, Nolan is that he likes to do a whole lot of mind bending type of movies. And this seems like a really mind bending. You really kind of got to think about it type of movie Mm -hmm. Uh, inception mind bending. You're going dream within a dream within a dream. And I could see Mm -hmm. how a lot of his films kind of um, would confuse people. And this movie here, would you guys I've heard. Uh, through other podcasts and whatever that this is kind of a confusing film oh, is this something that's easy to follow along with the everyday person watch this and go hey this is pretty cool or oh my god what is going on it's a good question i don't know if the everyday person will necessarily follow this movie it is very confusing he even himself i remember when the, the before the movie came out he told his editor um that this was going to be the most confusing thing they've ever had to edit ever like okay (laughs) like your movies are already confusing enough as it is and you're trying to make it confusing on purpose like for me i I would say that frog you like the second half of the movie and i think it's because the first half is so confusing i think a lot of people might tune out especially in hbo that's what i'm worried about yeah you can't leave right but if you're watching at home and your eyes start to gloss over because they're talking about various inverted time sequences that deal with right. you know the changing energy through time and how it it's nobody like nuclear <laughs> fission and stuff everyone like yeah. oh my god even i was i was like all right back to something else for a while while they talk about this for five to ten minutes yeah they tried to explain it away and then they get to the point where don't try to understand it one of the characters literally says that and i was yes. like cool but good advice <laughs> <laughs> you should have told us that like five minutes into this where were you come on so yes mm, that's a good point if you can power power through that first hour and a half you'll be good because the very opening is really tense it's a whole like siege on this mm-hmm. orchestra mm-hmm. opera sequence and there's bullet fire and there's like okay what's going on there's this weird like slight sequence and that all happens before we get the opening title where it says tenant. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be like five, like fast paced throughout. And then <laughs> it comes to a screeching halt and it's yeah. a lot of walking around and flying to new locations to talk to new characters, and talking to, to everybody, tell, tell us a little bits and pieces about what's going on in this universe. So yep. this is, I actually turned, I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to try and watch this movie. So I actually turned the movie on and I watched that beginning sequence and then I think I got to like something happened that I had to turn it off. But like I was like, man, if the whole movie is going to be like this, this is going to be rad. And I can't wait to see the rest. I'm so glad that you guys are talking me out of the first half of this movie. I, I'm trying to think if, you, if it's even necessary to watch the first half. I'm really thinking back. I'm like, were there any plot points that I was given as a viewer that would matter? Like even like the idea of the the forged painting. Or drawing like i don't think that really mattered to anything really other than her relationship to the bad guy um sorry there's a the, one of the main characters is the the wife of the the bad guy who he's trying to help so it's like that plot point i don't know if that was necessary for me to have to go into in such detail 
for so long in the hmm. first half of the movie. The same. Cool. Yeah. Well, and, so I don't okay, know. Maybe so, cut through it. So unless you, it, unless you got something out of that, Trevor. Like I, maybe I was not paying enough attention to that detail. I mean, it feels like during that sequence, it feels like there's constant need to pay attention. Like after the first right. thirty minutes, I paused it, and I was like, I had to take a breather because I'm like trying to decipher. They're just throwing everything at the audience person, and I'm like. Yeah, I don't because it's explained at the end of the movie. Like, right. I guess the little tidbits they reveal about how the time works at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Or, oh, here's right. this little talisman that makes it all make sense. But right. those aren't like key point. Like they're no. kind of glanced at things. Right. Exactly. And I, I don't know. I just don't see why they spend so much time on that stuff. I don't know. That's just me, though. And oh, and the other thing, too, is like they like you said, there's so much information. They also don't do smooth transitions. The editor just like cuts all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're done with the scene. Bam. Next scene. Like, oh, oh, my God. Hold on. I'm still trying to figure out what the heck just happened there. Now we're in this other scene talking about nuclear physics and stuff. Oh, my God. That was a little jarring. That's one of my nitpicks. The editing could have been better in places because editing is great with the action, but not with like dialogue stuff. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is weird. This is a weird choice. There was just a lot of classic Christopher Nolan things. Like when they climb up the building, you know, <laughs> with the bungee thing. It, it's, yes. it's totally Inception. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the it was entire, like a best of. Yeah. When they focus on John David Washington going through and kind of figuring out the time sequences of everything, it's a lot like Memento because he has no idea mm. of the Right. He has no idea. And, and he has to kind of figure it out were, step by step. That's exactly what I thought. Together. At yeah. one point, I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to be the villain of this, too? Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, OK, good. He didn't do that, at least. Yeah. So I was, I was literally thinking that like Memento might be I, my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, that was actually a solid movie. Oh, my God. It's one I haven't watched a lot in a while, because like, I watched it a lot when I was younger, when it first came out, because it was really good. But then all of his other movies came out afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I tend to forget about that one sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's just a tighter. Movie. It's not as bloated it as it's some, a tighter like, Interstellar. Movie. I love the concept of it. I love kind of right. space idea and what happens. But it's a bloated. It's very movie. bloated. So bloated. Yeah. Another another thing. He just bloats all of his movies now, which well, is fine. I mean, they're beautiful the to look at. Crops. Gotta make sure. Of course. Okay. Gotta talk gotta about that. Gotta do the dust crops. <laughs> talk about dust crops. And it has nothing to do with the movie. Once again, it's like why why do we have this in the movie? What's going on, Christopher? um well yes, what did maybe. you guys how did you guys feel about the acting in this movie i like the acting i mean the acting is always pretty good in his films um i never yeah. really have a problem with that um yeah robert pattinson was great um john davis washington was great i mean they were kind of the two people on screen the whole time uh kenneth brown was a little bit over the top as he usually is yeah. <laughs> like okay he was pretty over the top actually that's fine that's how he is yeah and um yeah i enjoyed it I would say. Why have you heard otherwise? No, no, no. I haven't heard otherwise, but it is okay. kind of cool that Christopher Nolan knows how to bring somewhat of the best in most actors and he can bring them out so. in his films. And I think that's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cool. And that's something that I like look forward to seeing whenever I eventually watch this. Yeah, I think it'd be in for a treat acting wise, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I before this, I don't think I've seen Robert Pattinson in a like dramatic role since twilight and even then i only watched like scenes from twilight i've never Did actually watched, watched the whole water movie for elephants no i didn't no. watch water for elephants no. either, but the name it <laughs> so, always cracks me up i have no idea it's a great it's a funny sand it's a funny castles title. in the sand 
Yeah. <laughs> um, like water for chocolate. Well, anyways, and it's uh, no, so anyways, like he he okay. he impressed me like a lot. Like I really liked his character. I actually got emotional at the end, and and we'll get there. We'll get to the end as well. Now, but, yeah, I was like, like, oh my god, that was that was really well done. Do you feel like you're going to be able to see Robert Pattinson now, with now seeing this, uh, see him as our future Batman? Oh, for sure. I I even liked the way he looked in the previews for the new movie. So, yeah, I'm excited. Cool. I think he'll do a really cool. good job. He does the whole moody thing there, and he also can be charming. So yeah. if he can pull off both, that's what you need to be Bruce Wayne. That's so. the tough thing is people either are a good Batman or they're a good Bruce Wayne. Yes, very few are both. Tough so. to be both, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be in good hands there. So Cool. And so all after right. all these sequences, I do want to just point out a couple of things that stood out from the first half. First is... When at the very beginning, when there's an explosion, they keep the shot on the two characters running away from the explosion. And so it's a continuous shot. Not many movies. Right. Movies love to cut away from an explosion. And like, there's debris. The explosion. debris almost hit them. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. that was impressive. That, yeah, that was, was really well impressive. And then the kitchen fight sequence with John David Washington. That was a great fight sequence because he had so much confidence in knowing that he was just going to dispose of these guys super easy. It was a really impressive fight sequence. And it was tight, too, because those yeah. like, little corners in the kitchen all in, were very tight. Yeah. Bam, bam. She took the cheese the grater. The face. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> cheese grater that was the face, great. Man. That was a good scene. <laughs> that was a good scene. <laughs> he's, a good, now, uh, he's a good action star. Now, John David Washington, the first time I saw this guy was in Ballers. Did you yeah. guys yes. ever watch Ballers? Did you guys ever? He's good in Ballers. He's great I, You know, I, I feel bad. I have not watched Ballers, and my buddy's in that show, and I should watch it. The Rock? Amazing. I didn't know you no. were. Wow. I am not friends with The Rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an exclusive. We're going to have we should get The him Rock on the show. On the show. <laughs> Let me get him on the phone right now. We'll bring him up. No. Rock, Anyways. we're here to talk about Ballers. Remember that show you were on? Um, yeah, so. No, I never uh, watched the show. I'm sorry. I, you know, I really, I, I loved his character in Ballers because he was so dynamic. And to now see him in more serious roles, uh, I know he was in the the KKK movie, yeah, the uh, Black Klansman. I, I really want to see that. And I hate that I haven't seen that yet. But um, I just, I love seeing this guy everywhere he's at. I mean, every movie that he's been in from, it, it's just, people are saying that he is fantastic in it. So oh, yeah. to see him come from a show like Ballers now to all this is is very cool. And I'm very excited for him. Yeah, very well done. Yep. Cool. Yeah, he plays definitely like the confident but not quite cocky kind of action star in a way. Like he's not mm-hmm. gonna be like the smooth James Bond. He's more like, you know, this is kind of how I am. And um, I don't know, plays off pretty well. It was more yeah, dynamic. I, you know? I dig it. Vulnerable at times too, which is kind of fun for an action star. Usually it's like, oh I'm an action star, I can do anything. And it's like, no, it's like, shoot, I might not be able to do this thing that I'm gonna try to do. And and he plays that well. So. Yeah. All right. We'll move on from that. Right. So now we get to the fun prepping for the heist, the first heist, where they're going to use the plane to crash into the facility where they're going to go and find this little time inverter thing. And so right. the fun part of this is the sheer size and power of the plane as it's running over cars and it's crashing through everything. Like they literally filmed a plane. Sm- yeah. Like. Fast and Furious or something would just CGI a plane going into this and it would be done. 
to actually nope, film it. Not it's him. super impressive. <laughs> yeah, this is and the one time the right. one guy out of the plane and he actually tumbles. Right, and he tumbles. That dude Both looked like do. he got messed up. That was a good stunt guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what would I do if I got, if I had to jump out of a plane? I'd be like, no, what the heck? I'd try to <laughs> grab onto the thing and hold on for dear life. But this is the first time in the movie where I went, wow, I wish I would have saw this in theaters on the big screen because mm-hmm. that moment was spectacular. That's what Nolan is great at. Those really big practical moment. Mm-hmm. Cinematic. And I, and I know that it, we have discussed this in the past in other episodes is stunt. Or work. was it the future that we did? That? Oh, good uh, Lord. You're inverting time. Sorry. No. So uh, I know we talk a lot about stunt work. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys have been mentioning fight scenes and jumping out of planes. I mean, how how does it does it match up to a falcon winter soldier or does it is it far superior <laughs> uh, i was hit superior i mean there oh, were yeah, a few times it was kind of messy but, breath, but okay, yeah good <laughs> yeah this is a big budget movie not a tv show as well so no okay. but i know we're, we're past know. that sorry i didn't even I mean know. to bring that up it's okay <laughs> so speaking of choreography though Right now we get into the fight sequence where John David Washington fights a guy all in like a black suit. He has a black mask on and everything. And one person is going forward in time and the other person is going backwards in time and they're fighting it. So I don't even that's really impressive the way they shot it, filmed it, put it together. Yeah, I want this. It's rare for me to like watch a movie and not know how things were done. Like yeah. usually I could be like, oh, I know how this got CG died in or whatever, or the stunt guy got moved in here. I don't know how he did those scenes in this movie. No idea. Um, I don't know if I want to know. I was actually be watching the behind the scenes right before so you we ruined got on it. here. No, 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 no. no. I actually didn't. I, okay. I, because I had been seeing that scene over and over and over on YouTube. And I'm like, man, that is just absolutely beautiful. It is so amazing to see that. Mm-hmm. And I really want to know. So I may after this, I may go back on to YouTube and watch that behind the scenes of how to do that. But I guess um, the main character, our protagonist, his name is the protagonist in this movie. Yes. Um, I guess he did a ton of training to physically be able Mm. to do a lot of these stunts. I mean, how, how do you teach yourself to move do things in reverse you know what i mean well, and move, well technically what you're doing is you're moving forward but you have to do it in a way that you know they're going to be doing it in reverse if that makes sense like you fight in a certain way i don't know how they do it but you've got to like think in terms of do the scene knowing that you're all you're doing you're going to be reversing the footage you know it's you can't so, just it's fight so bonkers no of course it is bonkers. yeah it's bonkers it's hard to wrap Don't your know. head around and that's probably why they had some i i imagine that they had some absolutely phenomenal stunt person come in who kind of mastered the the look of reverse fighting and sure. i i think that's i mean kudos to that guy especially because they have long shots like the camera's at the end of the hallway and they're going to show the whole hallway you know as they yeah. come towards the camera it's not just quick zoom in on their face and then now we can move the camera. Right. Man. Ugh. And they show that a couple of scenes from different angles too in the future past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they shot it differently. <laughs> so yeah, this fight was... sequence later in the movie, we get to see it from the other perspective. So we see it from our normal 
you know, time dialogue. But then as time kind of inverts itself in the movie itself, we then get to see this exact fight played from a different camera angle. And it's a great moment. It's like it's the it's the the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban moment where Hermione figures out that she's the one that threw the rocket herself moment. It's that aha, like, oh, she felt the back of her head, you know, get hit. And she's like, wait a second, that was me that did that. That was a cool moment in this movie, for me at least. As soon as I saw him put on the mask, I went, oh, that's what we're doing. Well, and so that all turns into time is just a loop. I mean, from what I'm Mm. hearing, in a way. Time isn't a loop. No, it can be if you use the machines and you time it right. But no, it's not a loop. They are putting together some machine in this movie or something, or have we not gotten to that point yet? Well, it doesn't I matter, because we're talking about tending all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah, we're, yeah we're not is. going in sequence, but okay, they have good. a big yeah. centrifuge that you go in on one side and you come out the other side and everything's inverted. Wild. It's like a chamber that you go yeah. into, and you have to like enter it properly or else you might not come out properly. It's the whole thing. Yeah. And then when you do come secrets. out, we have a whole sequence where it's explained out that Fire actually feels like ice. Your lungs can't breathe the air. Everything is inverted. It's everything, You're, yeah. Yeah, the wind is actually at your back instead of at your face based on... Everything's flipped. Because that's why he wears the mask to breathe the whole time. Yeah. If you've seen the trailers and the pictures. Because oh. you can't breathe oxygen backwards. It's coming out of you. So you have to oh, wear the mask the whole so time. wild. It's, it's crazy. Oh. Oh my god, that's so freaking cool, man. As I say, a lot of cool concepts, and if he just trimmed this down, it would have been a banger of an hour and a half action movie, you know? Oh, neat. Okay, cool. Let's continue on, because this is is so fascinating right now. And so we also have the fun Christopher Nolan, let me pump up the bass and use the biggest (laughs) sounds for whatever it is. Like, at one point, I thought Godzilla was going to show up. (laughs) I had no idea, dude. That was an interesting... uh, uh, music choices. I liked. It. I liked some of them. I liked a lot, and some of them were kind of awkward, <laughs> like you said, like just really loud. They've got to have uh, the foghorn in all of his movies. Of course, they even have the foghorn oh. in reverse. <laughs> Literally, there's a tugboat that went. <laughs> oh my god! It went. What? Yes. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, how do you? Do... <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> all right. So what's next? Well, we have one kind of point I did. So one point there's John David Washington where he has to explain to the audience what's going on when they introduce a new term. But they also have that fun thing where they're walking and they have a conversation. And then all of a sudden they're on a train and their conversation picks up without a hitch. But at least five or ten minutes have passed. So did they just sit there? Thank you. (laughs) That's what I was talking about earlier. The the editing during dialogue in this is so weird. I'm not too sure why they choose this They just travel locations in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, what is happening? We're talking and then we'll just, oh, stop, stop. We got to board the train and then we got to find our seats and we'll continue exactly where we were. We'll pick this conversation up in uh, Monaco. Let's do that. No, that's what it felt like. It was so weird. Like now it's night all of a sudden. You're still having the same conversation. What's (laughs) happening right now? That's the crazy thing. Like, stuff like that, I feel like, happens in TV shows all the time. Well, it's like a CinemaSins thing to point out, but okay, they right. like did it on purpose in this movie. No, they really did it on purpose. Well, it seems like, like he was so. trying to disorient the audience a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. This is Nolan being Nolan, you know. Either like it or don't. <laughs> I'd like it. I, I accept it. This is definitely his most bonkers. You're I just so like artsy. a movie that isn't so 
buy the book and just lay down. That too. I do too. I've been, I've just watched so many movies in a row where, okay, I've seen this kind of movie before with different actors and characters. I, I, you know, it's nice to see something that's different. And again, I hate that it's rare. I know. I hate that it's rare too. It's like, thank you, Christopher Nolan's like just taking those, you know, steps to make movies You can make make this movie with, you don't, if you don't attach Christopher Nolan's name to it. I'm sure right. other directors no one's gonna could watch pull it. off something similar, but right. no one would put the money in to produce it. Well, they wouldn't you take know a why? chance on it. It's because we need to remake Gremlins. Yeah, we need to sure. remake everything <laughs> from the '80s. We can't have original stuff anymore. You do realize that that's the reason why he did Batman was to get the gigs where he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's he made great, it as though. awesome as possible. He said, "See." I made you billions of dollars. Now let me do whatever I want. And they said, okay, you can make your step inception now. And then he made billions of dollars on that. So like, all right, you can continue doing it forever. <laughs> I wish some more directors could do that. Well, let's just yeah. hope that, I mean, I know that you guys said that this was kind of a, uh, so, so movie, great action, but so, so on some things, hopefully this doesn't hurt his name in a way. Nah, I don't think so. People no. will only remember that it was different and, it's like, oh, that was his weird one. Oh, no, our audio has been inverted through time. Apologies for the technical difficulties. Right. That was like that, that one off thing he did. That's fine. Let's go back to the next whatever concept he has. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's so. also the fun point where Kenneth Branagh is saying that to the wife that if I can't have you, then I'm going to kill you or whatever. All I could think of was the song. If I can't have you, <laughs> I don't want nobody, baby. Like, <laughs> if I can't wow. have you, I don't want nobody, baby. Good song. Yeah, <laughs> they should have played Still it group. in the background. <laughs> oh, I'm going to think about that if I ever watch this movie again. <laughs> Have you? Okay, we don't want to be uh, copyrighted for that. I won't yes. continue. Uh, oh it. shoot! Did I sing it way too long? That's okay. Hmm. Okay, thanks, it's thanks, fine. Trevor. No one. Yeah, you're fine. There was no music tied to it. You can pull it up. And so okay. now we get to the car chase sequence, and this car chase sequence is amazing because somebody had to actually—I'm sure—they had to drive in reverse to pull this off, and to actually have the car crash in reverse. That was super cool. And as I'm watching it, it I was like, this is kind of like Matrix 2, where they're on the I freeway. I was thinking Matrix. Yeah, it's like Matrix 2. Yeah, it's like that scene in Matrix 2 with the twins. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Interesting. Morpheus with the samurai sword. So when I was watching the scene, I did that whole thing where I like, I want to know how they filmed this. So I kept looking at the minivan that was going backwards. And I'm like, I wonder if they reversed it on the inside with their motor. Um, like I think they put the motor in the trunk because I saw somebody oh, sitting in the back and then seat. Somebody's, like, That's a yeah. person in the back seat. You can't see it through the tinted windows. I think they had a driver driving forwards, technically, but looking That's like they're cool. driving. Forward. But yeah. it was still rad. That whole sequence phenomenal, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I knew it would be from the trailers. I was like, I can't wait for this scene to happen. And then it yeah, right. And it happens again too, and the other way. And like, ah, oh, yeah, it's great. And so when it does happen again, the other way we learn that who's driving the teal car. Cause there's a teal car that comes up in the middle of them. We're like, it's just conveniently placed here. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, why is it just sitting there? Like, did something happen that we missed? Oh, it was our protagonist the whole time. Yes. So, oh, so, it's so fun. What happens when you peel back that layer though, he slams on the brakes in the inverted time sequence and it shouldn't work. Right. 
Well, was he inverted when he slammed on the brakes? Hold on. What? Yeah, because he's in the green car. He's driving the green car now. And so he slams on the brakes with both feet. And that's when his car tumbles in reverse. And I'm like, the brakes shouldn't work. Wouldn't he have to slam on the gas for it to work or something? Good point. Or he'd have to have the brakes down and take his foot off the brake. You know, would have to do some inverted action. Like, he literally goes in normal motion to slam on the brakes. That was the one time thing that I noticed that was weird. Are you talking about the the, the time when he saved the wife in the car and he jumped into the car? No, it's when he comes back in the teal car and he slams on the brakes and the teal car crashes. Oh, I did not remember that. Yeah, that's right. He did slam on the brakes in that part. I don't know. That's a good point. We should bring on Christopher Nolan onto the show. Yeah, that question. Friend of the show. <laughs> oh my god, so confused. <laughs> yes. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, to start and from the end. The one weirdest part of this whole movie is that the protagonist the whole time is caring about saving the bad guy's wife, but at the very start of the movie. He literally tries to take the cyanide pill to kill himself because he's so dedicated to the mission. He barely knows her, and he sacrifices everything multiple times to save her, and they do not set it up enough for him to give up on the mission and give up on purpose and his whole identity of self for her. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a weak point for me as well. I was like, why Why do we care so much about her? Yeah. I don't know. Unless he just was, felt bad for her, I don't know. Maybe because she had a kid? Oh, we barely meet the kid. Oh, there was a scene. There was, yeah, we never meet him, really. I mean, he just like says mama or something a few times. (laughs) I don't know. But But there was a line that Robert Pattinson said. Um, He's like, what do you say? Like the bad guy, if he wins and everyone in this world will die. And she says, even my son. And I'm like, yes. Were you not? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think everyone means? That was the worst dialogue line in the whole movie. Come on, you're better. (laughs) Even my son. Like she was doing a pretty good job acting, but to deliver that line, there's nothing you can do. No, you can't save that line. That was a bad written line. That has nothing to do with the acting. It was all about who wrote it. And Christopher Nolan wrote the script. So it's all on him. So Razzie Award to him for worst line of dialogue in a movie in a long time. <laughs> Anyways, just had to point that out. Yep. And speaking of dialogue, shout out to Twin Peaks, because then we have the fun Twin Peaks sequence where the bad guy is saying everything in reverse and audience is left like, I don't know what's going on. There's like five people talking at once because there's two different people in time talking. It's great. <laughs> talking in reverse and forward. At the same time. The same time with but the mask masks. On. Okay, yeah. okay, they do have masks. Just it's like completely muffled, Velvet, which is yeah. also David Lynch. So, and they had the red light, just like the Black Lodge has the red. Yeah, so it's very Lynchian. This was this was another thing that uh, through research I found out was the red and blue. There's a lot of red and blue. Yeah. And the red is forward in time, and the blue is backward in time. Oh, that is makes. It, yeah. Okay. That's did you guys happen to notice any of this stuff? I noticed it, but I didn't notice it telling the difference between the two times because they do use it in, in the later scenes to differentiate between the two different um, teams. They have two different uh, attack teams, one that's going normal, like through, through time normally, and they have one team that is inverted. So that's how they are able to differentiate the two teams. So clever. Okay. So I didn't uh, notice it the whole movie, though. Yeah, so I guess that was one of the things that they kept pointing mm-hmm. out was keep an eye on colors because when you see certain colors 
because and that was the thing that even brought me back to that initial uh opera orchestra scene is the bullet that was shot it was the the panel that was shot out the concrete was blue yes and it was reversed yeah which makes sense because the blue team the ones that were inverted in the final scene so yes Right, well, so it's very Bob fascinating. Pattinson's on the blue team, and John yeah. David Washington's on the red team. Yep. Oh, paintball, baby. It That's looked right. like paintball. <laughs> <laughs> very expensive paintball. Very, 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 very. You have to invert time. It spices the paint. It's paintball for rich people. You invert time, yeah. and it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk they go play paintball. <laughs> they, they go up to their moon and their secret moon base. Oh. Inverted. Bill Same Gates ball. is the judge. Yeah. Well, now they're all single, so. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they all can hang out together on their spaceships. True. Hey. Maybe that was the plan all along. <laughs> anyway, all right. One other point that's fun is as this movie kind of brings those talismans back from this first half of it. It's just that fun recognition of the audience where they say, we're going to do the art heist from a week ago. And you're like, he's the masked guy. Right. It's just, I did that. It's that's so why I was doing that meme with Leonardo <laughs> just pointing at the screen. Like, hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> like when she dives off the boat, I'm like, oh, yeah. it was her. She's the one diving off the boat. <laughs> and then I go, wait, does that mean, does that mean their plan didn't work? Hold on. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, but the li- the reason why I actually posted that that gif of Leonardo DiCaprio is because they finally said the line I was waiting for them to say the whole movie, and they say at the very end is what happened happened. The Daniel Faraday line from Lost. They have to say it like in every time you want me type of show. Right? What happened happened. You can't change it, man. Yeah. What happened happened. Uh, no. <laughs> another thing that I've never watched. <laughs> and anyway, just have fun. And then we out. have speaking of. Faraday, we have fun paradox discussions because that's yeah. the thing. Like, I was, as they're talking, when he said grandfather paradox, all I could think of was the ship of Theseus paradox with the two visions talking to each other. As he's going on and on, I'm like, vision should just show up and explain the damn grandfather paradox. Like, Let me take over. <laughs> and here's white vision again, white folks. Vision. <laughs> Welcome to the secondary heroes where we mention white vision coming into all of our shows and movies. He's, he should be in everything. <laughs> he really should. That'd be a lot of fun. Just haven't been insert, inserted into all the different movies and TV He shows. would be like the director commentary. He just comes in. So here. <laughs> so here, guys, this is why this is happening to you. Let me explain. So. Let me explain this paradox. Exactly. And it's funny because Rob Pattinson brings up Grandfather Paradox and John David Washington's like, well, what's that mean? And he's like, well, it's a paradox. Wait, what? <laughs> it doesn't have an answer. No, he does. What? It does. <laughs> the grandfather paradox totally has an answer. What's the answer? Paradox? Well, yes, the paradox sir. is if, have, if I if I went back in time or if someone went back in time and and you meet your grandfather and you meet your grandfather before he meets your grandmother or anything like that, you just now created a paradox or or you go back in time and you fall in love with your grandmother or nope. something what like that. What you do is you go back in time and you kill your grandfather. So if you kill yeah. your grandfather, do you ever Then you exist? don't get yeah, then you don't then you don't exist because Do you? That's the paradox. Do you? That's, That's the, paradox, the paradox, Alex. Because whatever happened happened. So your grandfather already gave birth to your parents and that spawned you. So 
At it one, already right, happened. Right. You can't so, you can't remove that ever happening. It happened, and that's why you exist to go back and kill him. You should watch Dark, Alex. That's the yes, hard Dark part about because they try to undo things and they can't. It just it can't happen. Can't do it. Whatever happened happened. Well, and so uh, <laughs> same. This all is very similar to Time Traveler's Wife. I the book's great. Read the book. It's pretty much deals with this Don't type of stuff where. Because don't watch the movie because it's not as good as the book. Um, but he tries to prevent his mother from getting into a car accident and he goes back in time and he tries every time and it never succeeds. And spoiler. He, well, spoiler. I mean, that's, that's just it, it a little joking, part okay. of the book, very little part of the book. I mean, the book is massive and that's just a tiny, that's tiny chapter. Said. So, yeah, that's that doesn't make any sense, Prague. Why I don't would know. You say the book is massive. I don't know. What, what are we doing in bed? <laughs> reading big books. It's reading the dictionary. Reading the dictionary. All right, let's continue uh, on. Yep. Find something there. It's a family show. I'm sure there's little children listening to us talk about Tenet. Yes, so. it's a very family-friendly film. Oh. <laughs> Grandfather right. Paradise. We just explained it kind of whenever I mixed it up with dating your grandmother somehow yeah we came back <laughs> to the future so <laughs> that's what it was i was thinking back to the, okay never mind let's move on uh and so they have to follow up with another paradox where they leave us with know the difference between consciousness and multiple realities don't throw that at me in this movie that's not based on that okay that's some deep stuff <laughs> Yeah, as soon as you said that, I'm like, I totally tripped out. I'm like, I had to pause the movie. I'm like, now I'm gonna be thinking about this the rest of the day. Thanks. Hold it's on. Like, what are you doing? It wasn't relevant to this film. Because <laughs> then they talk about God and if God exists and consciousness. I'm like, stop, stop, it's enough. <laughs> we don't need this. Sorry, so, what was this paradox called? I don't. I didn't write it down. Okay. Okay. Never mind then. It was the second paradox they discussed, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. The whole idea is the consciousness. Would you be conscious of the fact that there's another parallel universe? You can't. You know, you do, there's no way to know that there is. You'll never know. So, that, so that's that funny. I actually just recently read a book about a guy who's trying to invent time travel. I actually thought that it was a science fiction book, and it, it was called The Time Traveler or Time Traveler. And I'm reading through it, and I'm like, man, this is a lot of sciencey stuff. Like, I'm just, I can't wrap my head around it. I zone <laughs> out through through the through the equations that he's coming up with and i'm like okay that's this movie at times and then, and then it's like the last the last couple pages and i'm like is this guy ever gonna go back in time it turns out it was all a book uh, this guy who's actually trying to figure out time travel to go back in, and i'm like wait all these theories so you got rickrolled so i'm like oh my god i uh, my brain hurts now so it, he does talk about a paradox where if you you like let's just you go okay i'm either gonna have a hot dog or a hamburger and you decide okay i'm gonna have the hamburger but in another right in another universe or another paradox you eat the hot dog and then your life continues on a different path from that point so you either choose you know what i mean so I didn't know if maybe that was the paradox that you were talking about a second ago. I have ago. no idea because I tuned out during that speech that he gave. I was just like, what? But it does, <laughs> it does kind of answer the question, not answer the question, but it does kind of open up the thought of multiple universes because, yeah, you've got your hot dog and you've got your hamburger, multiple universes. If I choose this one, there's another universe where I actually went the other way. So, right. 
I think that's very concept. It's so fun to think. I think the reason why they do bring that up is my guess is that um, they don't want them to screw things up when the two teams have to meet in the battlefield together. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why they purposely hide the directives from both teams. It's like there must be something to that. I'm going to have to rethink about that scene because that scene really messed with my head. It was fantastic in like the best way, but it messed with my head. It's the idea there's a yellow light and you stop at the light or you go through that yellow light. Your whole day changes. Right, exactly. Well, and who knows? You go through that yellow light and a car runs a red light and smashes into you. Or you stop at that yellow light and a car behind you smashes Smashes into into you. you. Yeah, Yeah, so So, there's always going to be a paradox, but it could always end up the same direction. It's very fascinating stuff. I do wonder, Trevor, since you watched the movie, if that little pendant that we see is his, like, little... I don't know the 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 spinning top, you know, the from, Inception. Top from I wonder, Inception. I wonder if that's what it is because I don't think he should have been able to see that. I think that kind of clued him into to what he wasn't supposed to know, which ended up saving the movie, right? They they win, but I wonder if maybe it they don't win if he keeps doing stuff that I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm reading in too much into that. No, that's I, my, I can my see first that. Thought. That was my because first thought when I saw that. I'm like, he he's is, not supposed to see that. Because he sees it way at the start, start of the movie. At the yeah. orchestra thing. Like, it doesn't mean anything to you when you see it then. And then when you see it in the corridor, you see it because you're like, oh, I know who this belongs to. And then they beat you over the head at the end of the movie and they say, yes, this is who it belongs to. I don't think they had to do that. Right. That would have made it more of a spinning top thing. But OK. All right. Yeah. Yeah. OK. But I just wanted to point that out because that was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That felt like a Nolan-esque thing to do. But then tying back to Inception and or Interstellar. The reason you guys talked about the dust crops, it actually ties into this movie with the future scientists. The reason they're oh, inverting right, things right. and sending things back is because we screwed up everything yeah. so terribly Scorched for Earth. them. They oh, hate our oh, generation global because we warming. ruined everything. Yes. So they want to reverse time and have us. They're know, like, why do, why do our future generations hate us so much? And it's like, you left the world on fire. The oceans yeah. have all overflown and they can't even live there. So they had to devise a way to go back and kill you. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. That's I was like, but then again, that turns again to the grandfather paradox, because if you destroy the world and you destroy everybody mm-hmm. in it, you don't exist at the end of the day. Unless it's or a twilight you? reality. Unless it's they're in taking a parallel twilight. universe. Yeah, parallel universe. Yeah. Or the future ones are taking the gamble that it's so terrible as is. Non-existence is better than dealing with what we have, so we're just going to take that gamble. Yep. Oh, I love this. I now I really wish I would have watched it because I think I would have really done. I all think this it, stuff. I think you'll enjoy this movie. It is yeah. it's a worthwhile watch. Yeah, there's For a sure. lot to go over in the movie, and so you just have to enjoy the action sequences, miss mm. half of all the words in the entire movie, and then <laughs> try to watch it again with subtitles. With yeah. a better understanding of what to look for at the beginning of the film. How do you? This is the first. You, go ahead. I was gonna say this is the first time I've had to rewind a movie a few times. I'm like, wait, what did you say? And then there was one where I was like, I know dot dot dot. I've tried twice to hear what they said. I don't know what they said. So, <laughs> but even if you were to put subtitles, how would you go? Yep, rip, rip, yep, yeah. That's only like three sequences. Oh, okay. Their, their normal speak for sequences. 
And then, so Prague, I know you saw the movie, and there's this sequence where they're sitting on the the spinning blade, the wind farm in the ocean, and they're sitting like in the deck, and they're having a whole conversation about the future. In the background, did you notice that time is skipping? Oh no, I didn't. The, I there's like a hole like too. in the background, and while she's talking, it goes and it freezes, and then it goes back this way. And so I don't know if that's the inversion, like the very inversion point between the two time periods, or if the record was skipping. It was that was the one kind of like time thing that I noticed that was subtle in the movie versus everything that was so overt. Uh, all right, oh, no, I didn't know. Cool. That. Hmm. Yeah, because all three much. of them are talking, and it's they're not talking about much in that sequence. So I, my mind is just drifting to oh, the yeah. background. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Because it was so weird, my eyes too. caught it because it was like a frame loses, you know, like when they change the frame. Right. I don't know if it really. He does that stuff on purpose. He's not gonna. Yeah. He's not gonna make an edit like that. No, I know. So, and I just right. don't know what the meaning of it is. I don't know if it's to say oh, that time meaning, is though. skipping, or this is actually the inversion point between the two time periods. Like this is the actual thing that it forks out of. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I did have oh, one question. Yeah. I, I did learn that I, I learned a lot of spoilers today about this. Um, so do you guys know who Robert Pattinson is? What do you mean? After after that, you watch the movie at it all the way to the yeah, end. They, they, know... they finally tell us. Oh, they like, do. Huh? They do tell you. OK, so it's not like it's something where you got to kind of think about. No, that that was the one thing that was weird. They didn't really have the ambiguity in this one. Right, okay. it was all pretty much they told you everything, which was oh, okay. kind of nice. They too. save the day, and they say exactly how they save the day, and they explain exactly how the time periods are working. Yeah. So but it was fine. It worked. It worked for me. I, I actually was like, wow, I actually care about this character now. I'm like, all right, like because you don't really know much about him throughout the movie, and then when he, once he tells you what's up. It's like, oh, what? You've known him the whole time? What? And you haven't had a chance to know him yet? Oh, my God. Because he's the son of the bad guy's wife, right? Oh, is he? That yeah. I did not get. Yeah, he's the little boy at the beginning of the movie. What? Hold on. Yeah. Stop the film. Robert Pattinson's the little boy at the beginning of the movie. That's why he cares so much about him, huh? Oh, my God. What? They don't explain that. I knew that's no, what you were going to say, but they don't. they don't explain that. No. Yeah, that was one thing that every everything that I watched, Hold everything on, that I watched and listened to, they beat that over my head was Robert Patton's the little boy. I, is he or is that a fan theory? I feel like that's a fan theory. No, this, they I, want him to be because that, that's just too convenient for the story from my perspective. Right. I couldn't yeah. tell you if it's a fan theory or not because right, I haven't right. seen the movie. So, I mean, you you guys can kind of get more of a gauge on this than I can. And actually, hey, fans at home, if you know anything about this, please comment right. in, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of it, because we want to hear what you have to say about this type of stuff, too. What was your favorite scenes? Yeah, but also tell us, do you think the boy is Robert Pattinson? But... Uh, I think I like that. I think I like it just because it was beaten over my head. I'm like, it's just too okay, easy like for it. me. It, it, if he's the actual son, it would be like Leonardo DiCaprio seeing the top fall. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's what it would be like. 
Did right. lose all that ambiguity? It wouldn't make sense either. But you've already said that Christopher Nolan kind of lost the ambigu- ambiguity. Please say that ambiguity. Word. Thank you. Have you have to change the, the <laughs> pronunciation point. Oh, God. Hmm. No, but because essentially Rob Pattinson, it would be 12 in the timeline we know. So he would have to go back inverted from like, you know, 20 years, work his way all the way back to this point. And he ages up as you go backwards. That's right. The, then he does say that I, I I know you for a long time. So but it doesn't seem like John David Washington is going to be with the ex-wife and the son going forward it doesn't seem like they have any connection or relationship because right. he ends up helping her but she's not even aware that he did man see yeah i need to watch it <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing about <clears throat> the bomb going off versus the bomb not going off thing that they talk about you know but what if the bomb doesn't go off you know what does it impact what do you know hmm. so the little boy tell us in your in the comments I do, you know, I I don't know. The little boy does not have a speaking line in the film. Yes, it'll be weird if he were to be him. I think it's better if they just became friends over time, and he just finds out at the end of the movie that they have been friends for so many years. Like that was that blew my mind. Like that was rad. I don't need to be the boy. At the opera, we're specifically given the little chain, but we don't see the little boy have the chain. If that was the case, then. Well, that's almost like smacking you in the face right there. Because well, if you see the little boy everything with the in chain, the boy, they did smack us in the face. Rob Pattinson doesn't need to have it hanging on his backpack when he goes to the helicopter to leave. Exactly. So they already smacked us on the face with it. There's no incentive for him to be the little boy. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I agree with. No, I'm Trump. very, I'm very it's interested. Though. It's probably like I the fan it. theory where they say all Winnie the Pooh characters are tied to emotions. Or different psychological disorders. It starts off as like some rumor, and then people are like, "Oh, that's fact." Yeah, I, I, I like the basic theory better than the convoluted theory. I like the idea that Robert Pattinson has known him all that time, and that, yeah, the protagonist had not yet, yet. yet. And Robert Pattinson is conveniently a physicist. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Because, I mean, it does incentivize Robert Pattinson's character to know that his dad is evil and is going to destroy everything. And so it incentivizes him from 12 years old to want to do that. But again, he'd have to start at like 2040 and work his way like because his dad's killed right then and there and say it's 2020. His dad gets killed and he doesn't really he's not aware how evil his dad is in 2020. His dad was always kind to him. He was he never showed him that he was inverting things and trying to blow up the whole world and everything. Right, he's like not that. like in on this operation. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he doesn't he's sneak into a room or anything. He has no reason to hate him. Unless right. the mom says, Oh, hate him, and then oh, I'm gonna devote my life to going back in time and stopping him. Yeah, I don't know. And he wouldn't even need to go back in time to stop him because he would know that he wasn't successful. Yeah. He would never have an incentive. I'd buy the theory. Yeah, there'd be no incentive because the <laughs> wife kills I mean, him. He does have the accent. He does have the accent in the movie. And the only people that have the accents were them. No, I just think it's the... too easy storytelling. It is too easy. Oh, everything's know. connected. 
And John David Washington is actually his dad, too. And he's actually light skinned. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, That's how not it sounds. Sure I, like this I thought it was a fun theory. Oh, I it's, thought fun. It was it's fun. It's fun to think about. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I think it just Take ruins it the, the connection that it they does. have. Because yeah. instead of like a bonding over like a friendship, they literally bond because you saved my mom. Yeah, I don't like that idea either. That's just a weak bond. Yeah, I agree. They should become like, you know, yeah, like like a band of brothers. Like that's how that's their bond. You know, that's yeah. what I felt. That's the emotion I felt. And I don't like that emotion being taken away from me by having him be the son. That would cheapen it to me. Just saying. Wow. I don't nice. know. <laughs> that, this was- I like I like about that to us though. That was fun. No, I think that this was a cool discussion. I I like hearing what you guys actually felt about that theory and i i mean it's interesting you could, you could definitely see Prague going through a whole lot of uh emotions, emotions trying to figure out is it yeah. does it make sense or not so i thought that was very cool cool maybe when i watch it again i'll look for it but yeah all right now, now i want i, I want to watch it and now i'm gonna like dissect it so like i'm gonna be like Ooh, I gotta, I gotta look at every detail in the. Yeah, background. you have to pay too much attention. It, well, it's exhausting. I want to see, I want to see <laughs> something in the background that nobody else sees, where something all of a sudden starts going backwards or something like that, just for no reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, before we end, I do just want to mention a couple end points when they're playing paintball. When both the the timers, so they have ten minutes. The blue and the red team both have ten minutes, but they're going in opposite points. So when they both get to five minutes. They literally blow the building up at the same time. One right. goes to the bottom, one goes to the top, and it reverses from being exploded to being exploded at different angles. And that is just amazing. That was a great moment, dude. When I, I'm like, what, what is he doing? Is he going to blow that? Like, is he inverting the blow? Like, what's happening here? And then it happens. Like, oh, my God. I don't know how a brain, person's brain yeah, works that way. But so Christopher Nolan does. And then at the end, we didn't see any enemies. Part of me was, I was going to be like, are the blue team and the red team shooting at each other? That's, That's what, what I, I thought the twist was going to be. <laughs> right? That's what I thought it was, too. Because we still didn't see any enemies the whole time. We saw that one guy who works for Kenneth Branagh down in the mine shaft. That's all we ever saw as an enemy. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I was confused about that. So. Got to have an expression of faith in the mechanics of the world. I'll take your word for it. Right? So okay, that's for Tenet. Oh, yeah. Any last thoughts, Prague? I, I will say that the, the paintball scene was like the most tense I've been like watching a movie in a long time. Like probably since the rise of the um, sorry, The Last Jedi. Or, like I didn't know if she was going to turn bad or good. Like I had this like tense like moment where I was kind of like confused of like where, what direction they're going to go. And I had that kind of same feeling during that scene, but I think it was more to do with also like, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I also didn't know what was happening. (laughs) It was like, what team is doing what and how and why? And then, Oh my God, are they going to stop the bomb or not? And then what's going to happen? Cause it's a Christopher Nolan film. He could blow everybody up and have it be some kind of weird alternate reality. I did no idea. So, it was tense. It was a really well paced, edited final half an hour mm-hmm. of filmmaking. <laughs> so mm. that alone is worth watching. So out of one to five spinning tops, what would you guys give this? 
Five being the best, one being the worst. I know how that works, yeah. Well, um, I could have said number you're number one. Yeah, number one's the best. I could have got I could have gone backwards in reverse or inverse it. I would say for me, it's a four. I would say in terms of filmmaking, it's probably like four and a half close to five. But I would say that it's brought down by the dialogue sequencing and just unnecessary parts that they could cut out. But the action sequences, I would say, with five, the camera work, the cinematography, all those aspects of filmmaking are as good as you're going to get. But just the other parts drag down the score. Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say four, like a solid four. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that anything that would drag it down for me is just a comparison to his other films, if anything. That's it. He does. So he yeah, set his same. own bar pretty high. He did. Set his own bar pretty high, and it's going to be tough. It, a lot of filmmakers do that. I mean, a lot of the great filmmakers have done that in their time. You know, when they're younger, they're more ambitious sometimes, and they'll make great films, and it's hard to catch up. But still a great filmmaker. So I'm excited and to you see know what's what? next from him. I'm going to give it a five off of you guys' explanation. Nice. There was no bloated dialogue throughout this whole conversation. So, Aww. five. And also, from our perspective, Prague and I are pretty tough. So, true. A four <laughs> from us is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting to like this movie, if I were going to be honest, because I was hearing so much weird stuff about it. Like, people were like either weirded out by it or confused, or there's always memes about, like, oh, it's too confusing for me. I'm like, oh, am I not going to like this movie? So, I was, I was surprised. I liked it. So, there is a lot, you though, if you're not into like heavy science concepts there there's a lot to get through not for the faint of heart yeah or mind well i'll still give the world okay cool so tenants it's on hbo max if you don't have a subscription i don't blame you it comes hbo max And to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed episode 100, Monday, May 17th, 7 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash secondary heroes. And we'll talk to you next time. Warp out. Adios, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>